Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. People have this idea of Marines and CrossFit and they think intense, like hardcore, this guy doesn't quit. Like he goes on and ah, and I always tell people, and this is kind of this weird dichotomy of me, I would take an ounce of consistency over a pound of intensity any day mm. of the week. You know, if you want to, if you want to develop a habit around say running, going for a run. I would rather you do a five minute run seven days a week or six days a week than do a 20 minute run three days a week. That consistency and willingness to show up day after day after day after day. All right, what's going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we are spicing it up a little bit today. This is not necessarily someone that dealt with severe chronic health issues, although he did have a little run-in with some mental health stuff, specifically panic attacks, which, as you'll see, seemingly is very uncharacteristic for this individual. The reason we're bringing him on is because when we are making major lifestyle changes, which is absolutely going to be required for you as the listener to get the results of the people that you're hearing on this podcast, we need to have our mentality in rock solid shape. We need to learn the habits. We need to learn the disciplines. There is no way you're going to get the results that you hear on this show without changing your mindset and developing yourself as an individual first. So we figured what better way to do this than to get an absolute, what I consider a superhuman on. And it's almost, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of misleading, but superhuman would imply that we can't all do it. No, the truth is absolutely we can. And the reason the title is Becoming a Superhuman simply is because there's simple ways to do it. And these people that do these exceptional things in life, when you actually break down what they do, what you find is they just have better habits. And they're really good at doing the little stuff that no one else wants to do. And they're exceptionally good at doing that little stuff over very long periods of time. And then all of a sudden, one day, they wake up and to the external world, they look, wow, superhuman. How do they do that? Well, you didn't see the first 10, 15 years that they were developing that. Now, thankfully... I don't believe for a second that you need to go for 10 or 15 years to get your health under control, but nonetheless, you are going to get some very valuable tips today for how to actually manage when you're dealing with something that is probably pretty tough to deal with. Health challenges, you know, they're, they're not easy and you might have to be a little different than the people that you're surrounding yourself with because maybe not everyone's dealing with these chronic health issues that you are. And if nothing else, this guy is just beyond entertaining. He's a fantastic speaker, and he's got an amazing story. So here's a little bit about him. He holds a master's degree in spiritual psychology and has been the beneficiary of decades of personal self-exploration, discovery, and expansion through his work with coaches, healers, guides, and teachers. A veteran of multiple overseas deployments, including Operation Desert Storm, Andy Petronic is a former United States Marine who served for four years as a combat engineer and small unit commander. 
also a Red Bull-sponsored athlete in the sport of adventure racing, he captained teams and navigated courses all over the world in races like the Eco Challenge and Raid, I couldn't even tell you the word to be honest, it's G-A-U. L-O-I-S-E-S. I did look it up, but I still couldn't figure it out. So give me a break here, please. In 2009, he became the oldest competitor to qualify for and compete in the CrossFit Games. I thought that was really cool. Today, Andy is a professional life, leadership, and performance coach who's been helping people create greater levels of confidence, joy, fulfillment, and success in their lives for over 25 years. I am not opposed to the life coach title at all. I think there's some fantastic people out there that go by this. I think, of course, it's becoming a little too easy to call yourself that, and just about anyone can. There's no legal ramifications, right? But there are people that have this label that are the real deal folks, and you can tell when they're the real deal, you can sense it in their energy, and you can see it in their backgrounds. I mean, you can just tell by that. Andy's the real deal. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Okay, my friends, so welcome back, first of all, to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast, but we're doing something a little different today. Obviously, we know that you guys like the stories of all the people that we share on here coming in with these health issues and overcoming them, but one core theme that you've probably noticed is that these are some particularly resilient individuals. You know, this is not typical, unfortunately yet, in today's world, what these people are going through and what they have to do to achieve the outcomes in their life. So our guest today, Andy, he's not necessarily someone that dealt with you know a crazy cancer diagnosis or a severe autoimmune disease for 10 plus years. However, when we were talking, I read his bio, I looked him up. This guy is badass. He's got some great things that he's done in his life. And so what we're doing today, the different route that we're taking, is we're going to bring this home. We're going to hear a story, first of all, but bring it home into the things that he has learned so that you can help overcome even the toughest challenges and maybe some coaching strategies for your own life. So um, with that disclaimed, Andy, thank you so much for being here today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, should I say that I... No, I, I'm, I was going to say, should I say that I wish I had some health challenge that I overcome? But no, I don't want to say that Careful, I wish yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, certainly we all go through our own stuff. And again, just from the bio, I can I can tell that that's been the case. So um, normally I start out with, hey, what were people's health challenges? But um, I think we can do it a little differently, of course. We have to, kind of. I'd like to just start out with a simple question and we'll let it flow. Who the heck is Andy? And whatever that question means to you and however you want to answer that, I'm, I'm cool with. Oh, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I know that, look, there's there are ways to answer that question that are very hocus pocus, you know, ethereal. And there are ways to answer that question that gives give people a better idea of kind of who I am and where I've what I've done. So, um, I, that's funny. Uh, where do I start? Um, um, you know, I've had, a, I've, I've had this very, um, vast experience over the course of my life. I, I was, I was, I grew up in a, in a family of musicians and I was a high level musician growing up all the way through high, the end of high school. Um, I played like 12 different instruments. I played the trumpet. I trumpet was my main instrument. I played classical music and I got into Eastman school of music, which is kind of like Juilliard Curtis. It's one of the top music schools in the country. Um, um, and a lot of lessons learned out of that experience, but I decided to move on after 
I got to college and I discovered beer and fraternities and women. Um, and I was like, okay, enough music. There's other facets of life that I want to explore. And um, I also had an ROTC scholarship. I, not, I didn't really have any big desire to serve in the military, but it seemed like a interesting, fun thing to do. Sure. And uh, I became a uh, United States Marine after college. And, um, you know, everything I do, I've learned to do to the utmost of my ability. So I don't know if that came from being a musician. Um, it came from my parents, but it, there was a need that I had to uh, fulfill on be the best. Like, and that's why it was the Marines, not the Air Force. It was like I had this image of the Marines as the, the few, the proud, the, the elite, you know, like they're a little bit less elite than the Navy SEALs, but they're still pretty elite. Um, I finished the Marine Corps, um, decided that there were way too many more things in life to explore than just the Marines. So I got out after four years and became a, uh, high, uh, well, I, I got a job, but, but I started adventuring. I, I discovered a race called the Eco Challenge and it's a long distance adventure race, uh, which means they take a, take a team of four or five people, put them into the middle of nowhere. Like I've done races in Ecuador, in uh, Australia, in Canada. They put you in the middle of the wilderness with a map and a compass. And they say, ready, set, go. Get your team from here. And then the finish line is 400 miles away. And you've got to go by foot, by sometimes by horseback, by canoe or kayak, by mountain bike. You go to different checkpoints. You have to find your way the whole way. Um, I got into that. Was not great at these really long races, but I turned out to be really good at these short races. And I got sponsored by Red Bull short, meaning like four hours and, um, uh, became an adventure racer. And while that happened, I trans transitioned into the fitness world. And I, so I became kind of, this is, this is my journey into fitness and fitness coaching. And, um, I became a fitness coach and then, uh, opened up a CrossFit gym after I, ended my adventure racing stint of like eight years and opened up one of the first CrossFit gyms in the world, CrossFit Los Angeles, and then ran that until 2015. But in the course of running that developed something called the whole life challenge. And that was really my, that was really kind of my life's work because it combined what I knew as important for not just fitness, but for all, all around health and well-being, it was a it was a challenge. It was a it was a it still is a um, a, a game. We kind of gamified health and fitness, and we were the first one to do this. It was back in 2011, and um, we developed it for my gym, and it 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 gamified all the things that we thought were important for people to do when they were not at the gym. So what you eat, how much you sleep, how much water you drink, how much mobility are you doing each day? What are you doing for your own well-being outside of this idea of health and fitness and workouts? And um, it was incredibly successful. We, we had, we've had a couple hundred thousand people around the world do this whole life challenge over the course of these last eight or nine years. And uh, 
over the course of this time, I became a, I got a master's degree in spiritual psychology and the path to self growth, which started for me back in the mid nineties became, it's, it's always been so strong for me. Um, for me personally, it kept pulling me back into it. You know, this who, what, what CrossFit coach, former Marine gets a degree in spiritual psychology. You know, there's not, right. there's not a lot. That stuff stuck out so much on your bio, man. I was like, okay, this guy's interesting. <laughs> I just want to talk to him, if nothing else. Right. right. So, you know, um, in 2019, we had a bit of a hiccup in the whole life challenge and I lost my ability to, uh, with, I had a huge amount of panic and anxiety and like my mental health just took a huge nosedive for about a year. And, uh, when I went to come back into the business, I, I just couldn't find my way. And I really, I felt that, that strong urge to go back to the roots of helping one person at a time. But instead of it being around fitness, bring in all these other aspects of real health and well-being in your whole life and address the things that that take people down these these paths where they don't really want to go where they don't really want to be and and helping people change their lives as a life coach um and so now that's all i do you know whether it's a relationship or a career or a body that is uh you know we deal with the emotional and the mental triggers and patterns and um, that, that, uh, got you where you are, but no longer work to get you where you want to go. That you, you've realized that this, this strategy that I've used, wow, I look, I got a, two kids and a husband or a wife. I've got plenty of money in the bank. Like my life is great, but man, this is not, this is not where I want to be for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So this is exactly, I kind of thought this is where it was going to go. And I feel like th these last parts that you were mentioning is stuff that we can definitely apply directly to the audience. But yeah. I got to rewind for a second because first of all, I think it's so cool that this idea of high achieving, high output of effort came prior to being in the Marines because typically, you know, people go into there and maybe they come out as like the punk in high school or they, um, they go in coming as like the punk in high school and then jacked up five o'clock wake up time, you know, they're, they're yeah, set yeah, for yeah. life. And the thing is though, you were coming in already with that mindset to a degree, and then probably it only got enhanced there. So, I mean, for a lot of time, it sounds you were operating at this level. So I have to ask, because I, I do think this is relevant to our audience and some of the health challenges uh, they deal with, at least in concept. What was that experience like when you're dealing with these panic attacks and this anxiety? Because I feel like that sounds like it's about the only damn thing that could have stopped Andy for any amount of time. So what was that like? Was that a humbling experience or just what did that provide for you? I, I didn't know you were going to go there, but I'm really glad you did. Um, okay. So up until that point in my life, one of the reasons why I have such a varied background is because I always ran into these places. I got so, I got, I got um, so far in my life in that, in that, career or, you know, whether it was music or it was in the Marine Corps. And I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. Like I, it's time for me to move on into something else. Like I've learned what I need to learn and I need to move on, but I succeeded in my own mind in all these, in all these things. And, um, you know, I was the best I could be, whether it was an adventure racing, you know, getting a sponsorship with Red Bull 
that that was a that was like that was a definition from society that I had arrived. Like I had achieved what I needed to achieve. I went to the CrossFit Games as an athlete. I was a qualified, and I went in 2009 or 2010 to the CrossFit Games as a as a competitor. I was for the oldest competitor, and that was another like, okay, you've you've done it. I ran one of the most successful CrossFit gyms in the world. Okay, you've done it. Started the whole life challenge. We had all this success in the whole life challenge, but my definition of success with challenge was, uh, you know, I saw this. $20 million payout at the end of the tunnel. Like, wow, this, we're building something that somebody's going to really want. That this is, this is not like a, we built our own custom software. We built our own custom stuff. We're building this incredible audience and these people that love what we do. And I had kind of committed to my family and to myself that, Hey, this is going to be, this is going to be the end of having to work. It's not that I would stop working, but I won't have to work anymore. And when when we hit this, I call it a hiccup because now it was a hiccup. Then to me, it was like hitting a brick wall. And I did everything in my power to climb over the brick wall, which is what I've been doing my whole life. I've been climbing over brick walls and I like being the underdog and I like thinking the odds are against me because I've always found a way to get over the wall. Not only could I not get over this wall, um, at least in the time frame that I allotted for myself, more wall, I was building more walls. I was building the wall higher as I was making attempts to get over the wall. Like employees left and I started to lose the, the confidence of the people around me that I loved. Like, I loved my team. I loved the people that were, that were doing what I was doing. Um, my, my business partner started, I started to lose, con- he started to lose confidence in, in what I was the way I was thinking, because he was kind of following my lead on a lot of this stuff. We started to get some hate mail from the way I was changing my language around how to operate this thing. And so all this stuff just, yeah, it was like this wall that I suddenly hit and I had a panic attack. And I look as a spiritual psychology master's degree program, you know, graduate, I knew what panic attacks were. I knew what anxiety was. I knew how to deal with it. I knew how to talk to people about it. I knew how to, you know, I knew the conversations to have, but I never had it. I'd never experienced it. It was the most humbling. I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have predicted how impossible I found it to move around or over or under or through this wall. It was a wall that was, it felt impenetrable. And I, I'm just grateful that I had a really, my wife was there to support me. My, the friends that I called out to my, my business partner who kind of just took over the business while I was, you know, going through this, but it was, um, nothing worked. And, you know, it was, I wouldn't, ever want to do it again, but it was such a blessing um, because it gave me a an ability to relate to the plight of other people who like guests on your, that, that listen, not guests, but people that listen to this show, you know, I can look from the outside in like I'm a, like I'm going to the aquarium and looking in and looking at the fish, but I wasn't a fish. I wasn't one of the fish. And now I know what it's like 
to be in a place where there's no way out. There's no way through. I didn't see a way through. I, there was a point at which I was afraid to leave my house. I mean, I was, we were supposed to take a trip to New York for my son. My son played little league baseball and uh, we were going to Cooperstown, which is this huge culminating experience of, you know, this 12 year old experience of baseball. And I didn't think I was going to be able to go. I had to, I had to chunk down my life into segments of like 10 minutes. Like I can't figure out if I'm going to make it through the next 24 hours, but I can do 10 minutes and I'm going to do 10 minutes. And I kept chunking it into these little 10 minute increments where I could make it for 10 minutes and then recommit to making it for the next 10 minutes and then recommit to making it for the next 10 minutes and, and living in that, in that fear of, wow, I'm not going to, it's not going to be okay. I'm glad that, I mean, I was biased, but it was a worthy bias because I dealt with panic attacks from five years old. And it's part of the reason I ended up getting into the functional medicine space because I wasn't able to find resolution for these things for over 13 years with the conventional method personally. And so I was biased with that, but it's certainly not unique to our audience. I, I so greatly appreciate your transparency on both sides because this is what I strive to be. I still have work to do, but I love anyone that can come on and say, you know what? No, I have achievements here. I'm not going to be overly... I'm not going to hide my achievements from the world and being scared that someone else is going to feel like lesser because of that. Here they are. Oh, and by the way, I've had these failures or weaknesses too. And here's me being just as transparent with that. That's, I love talking to people like that because, you know, we go too extreme one way or the other. There's some people that are just arrogant as hell. They'll never share their weaknesses. And then others, they won't share their strengths. It's okay, guys. You know, you just got to be realistic on both ends. And that's, it's so cool to see someone like that. But I love that we're talking about the panic attack thing, just even for a second, because I have a guy sitting in front of me virtually <laughs> that is clearly a high achiever. I mean, for God's sake, a Marine in the United States, like that's, that's not a joke, guys. That's a tough thing to go through and be. And yet that's how severe these panic attacks and the mental health aspect of things can be, that that is a major roadblock. With all the things that you did and went through, that could still be a major roadblock. You're not weak if this is affecting your life. That's just a, a thing that happens to people because it's that powerful and that strong. So I, again, I can't stress enough from someone who's dealt with it personally, how much I appreciate just being realistic about what this can do to people. It's, um, thank you, thank you. I, um, like I said, it, I would never wanna repeat it. Um, and yet I'm so grateful for it, for having gone through it and for the experience. Cause I couldn't, the relationship I have now with my mom, with my wife, with my friends who have struggled, the, the, the ability that I have now to connect and relate to their, their plight in my clients, I, I have this, that, that, I mean, that's a big piece of my, my business. I mean, my I have this ability to connect now because I feel what they're going through and I can relate. I can climb down in the hole as Bernie Brown talks about with empathy. I can climb down in the hole before I was kind of looking from the top of the hole down and, yeah. you know, sympathizing with them. But now I can climb down right in the hole with them and, and just hold them and be there with them and hold myself. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I think one of the reasons why I can talk about both things is because, you know, one of the things that I really believe is that, you know, people tend to look at the world, especially in the world that we live in, this hyper-competitive place that we have this incessant need to win and, and drive. They tend to look at the world through like a com competitive place where you either win or you lose. 
right? Like you're winning if you keep getting promotions and you keep getting a higher title in your job or you keep making the money or moving into the bigger house or driving the better car. And you lose if the repo man comes and takes your car. Yeah. Right? My context is you win or you learn. And what, and in the moment, a learning might feel like a loss. But when I put what I went through in the context of winning and learning, that whole year was a huge transformative learning that couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. That I, and I don't think I could have learned it any other way than by going through it. And so I don't have any negative. There's no, there's nothing negative on it. It's not like a loss to me. It, it, something did change and something did shift, but it doesn't occur to me as a, as a weakness or yep. as a not, not strength. It's also not strength. It's just, I went through it and now I know and I've, and I'm changed because of it. Yeah. Well, and in my opinion, yeah, to literally look at it as a weakness is just, it's useless. What, how does that help? Like, what does that right. actually do? Let's take right. what we can from it and and get better. Now, um, kind of not necessarily jumping around, but kind of re-going back to the story before where, you know, you obviously have helped a lot of people. That's some of the stuff I want to apply to our audience today. Yeah. And I know that one of the things that you talk about is this maybe kind of like getting out of victimhood and helping with personal responsibility. Yeah. Oh man. Like I just... Um, I wish I had as cool credentials as you, but like thinking wise, I feel like you and I relate a lot seriously because I was a victim my entire life. I, I Everything was happening to me. Why do I have panic attacks? Why do I have severe cystic acne? Why can my friends go out and drink half a handle of vodka? I drink one shot and I have a hangover the next day, literally. Like I was always blaming everything. And I learned eventually that there's a difference between fault and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And similar to what you just said conceptually, that why would I look at this as a weakness? It's a learning experience. It's just like the fault and responsibility thing. If I just look at it as, okay, it's my responsibility, even if it's not my fault, that comes from a place of empowerment then. And I can do yeah. something about that. So um, I guess like a two-part question here is one, first part is just what's up with the victim mentality? I feel like that's huge in my generation. And I can say it because I'm in that generation. So I'm not, you know, everyone hates on people that are not in it when they say it, I'll say it. I think we have a huge victim mentality, a huge entitlement thing. Where is that coming from? And then how the heck do we get out of that in a way that's actually like kind to the person? Because of course, the people that are in the victim mentality are the last to normally see that they're in that. And I've been guilty of that myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, it's much easier to be at the effect of life or people or circumstances than it is to say, wait, I put myself here. Like the last thing you want to do, a last thing a rape victim wants to do, let's just go right to a really hard one, um, is to say, is to ask the question, how was I responsible? Like, and yet, and it might be impossible for someone at first to go through to figure that out. But the way out is always through the lens of responsibility. And even if you think you in no way, shape or form were, were responsible about this, because when somebody else did it to you, you are 
at their mercy. You can't change them. You can't make them different. You can't do anything about the circumstances you are in. All you can do is the only hope you ever have is to shift something inside of you to either change your perspective, change your outlook, change your environment. And I'm talking about your inner environment, not necessarily your outer environment, because people think that I can move to a different state and then I'll be happy. Um, no, not so much, because you still you still got you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, I really, I really think that what I've seen in clients, in people, in myself, is the the incessant desire to blame someone else a circumstance um anything that you're where you're i'm upset because and you feel justified in 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 ending that sentence i'm upset because my wife didn't get my son ready for school this morning and he missed the bus i'm upset because it's raining out and we're supposed to go to magic mountain today i'm upset because you know Whenever you can fill in that sentence with something that you feel justified for saying, you are, in effect, a victim of whatever it is, whatever reason that you filled in the blank for. And when that occurs, you're like, I'm, you're screwed. You're, you're done. You're, you, you, you will create the thoughts and the feelings associated with somebody help me, please, because I can't help myself. And when I say the way out is through shifting that, where I really found this to be true for me was in my relationship with my wife. I, for years, had operated, my wife is a very high level performer um, in, in business. She puts music in movies. Um, and she was a high level gymnast. Growing up, she's got this performance thing and this all this down pat. And and I have always felt that she was never doing enough for herself to keep herself. I mean, look, I'm a health guy. I'm I've got thousands of people around the world that follow me to to lead healthier lives. And yet my wife doesn't do enough to take care of herself to make sure that she stays healthy. And so I had a story running. For most of our relationship, we've been together now 20, couple, 22 years, um, where she was wrong. I'm upset because my wife won't take responsibility for her health and well-being and her sleep and her nutrition and her and all the things that that I think are most important. And I'm justified in being upset because of that and not responsible for creating the relationship that I want in in our relationship. And that I went through a program. Uh, I don't know that it even exists anymore. It was called Warrior. This is about three years ago that opened my eyes to something that I knew, but I wasn't practicing. I was stuck in blame and I wasn't practicing. Look, if I want a relationship that works, the relationship's not 50-50. It's not even 100-100. It's 100-0. And when I got to the place where it's 100-0, she doesn't have to do anything. She can be angry. She can be upset. She can operate any way she wants to. And I'm going to operate in a state that of, of love, of compassion, of kindness, of respect, of honor. When I can do that, 
things might shift. Things have a chance of shifting. And it's all in, it's all on me. And when that happened, because it, it took me a lot of practice and a lot of coaching. I had a I had a one-on-one coach that I was working with. Because it's not a groove that or a habit, um, an emotional habit that I was comfortable with. So it felt wrong. It felt like fuck, if I give in to this, if I let her feel like it's okay that she didn't get enough sleep last night, like I'm giving in to her way of thinking and I, well, I don't believe that and I can't do that. And yeah, but that kept me separate. That kept me not in a place of loving, not in a place of kindness, not in a place of respect and honor. And soon as I let go of that and I just let love lead, for my own sake, the, the love in me spilled out in, in her and suddenly she started to do things differently. Now, she's not a model of health. She's still very driven to do things the way she's always done. But the surrender and the peace in our house and in our relationship created an, a completely different environment. I wasn't waiting for our son to be old enough you know, when my son, I was basically what I was doing is waiting until he went away to college for my grand escape from this, this environment that was not loving and was not, you know, like, and suddenly I had an environment that was completely different and I didn't need to wait for that anymore because there was love in, in this place of no love. And that just became that came about because I was willing to take a hundred percent of the responsibility and the load for creating the environment I wanted, regardless of how she was behaving and doing. And, um, that's, I mean, I, the only reason I know it works is because I did it. I, I had heard it for years. Well, yeah, you'd be fully responsible. Yeah. It's a great theory. I'll be fully responsible when, she gets her shit together. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't really work. I thank you for sharing a personal story with that too, because you know, that's something probably very few people want to talk about, but it's real. And that's why very few people want to talk about it. Cause they're having the same kinds of issues or problems. And this was a, it was a concept I got. I could see that you read a lot uh, for those on the audio and he's got a huge bookshelf behind him. Oh, yeah. And I read a book called the uh, compound effect at 18. <laughs> And it talked about, you know, this, well, it talked about many things, but one of the things was this idea of personal responsibility. Now I have great parents. I mean, I'm not denying that. Maybe I just wasn't listening. I don't know. But I had never received that message as simple as it is in a way that connected with me so well. I was like, well, yeah, never thought about that because my whole first 18 years, I'm blaming everything for my mental health issues, for these health issues that I have going on. And again, no, I wasn't a five-year-old who asked to deal with these terrible panic attacks that put him in the hospital. That, that I didn't ask for that. It isn't my fault. But like by acting like it is, um, you know, not my fault, and I'm not taking responsibility as a result. How's that working out for you, Ev? Because exactly. I didn't finish right. high school. Right. You know, I ended up addicted to substances. That ain't working out so well. So all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, well, great. How can I do this? And then it changes your mindset. Now your mind starts looking for solutions too, because if it's my responsibility, all of a sudden, again, I got my power back and I'm like, well, I've never tried this. 
I've never done that. I've never picked up a damn book in 10 years. And now I'm reading this one at least. I'm like, that's kind of ironic. Like this is personal responsibility right here. And that was seven and a half, eight years ago. And yeah, uh, these principles work and they work really well when you do them for a long period of time. Right. <laughs> Life right. just continues to get better and better. So uh, this well, is cool, it's, man. It's funny you say that because when we uh, started the Whole Life Challenge, you know, that was our theory. I mean, it's not really a theory. That was our belief is that, is that intensity, look, people have this idea of Marines and CrossFit and they think intense, like hardcore, this guy doesn't quit. Like he goes on and, ah, and I always tell people, and this is kind of this weird dichotomy of me. Um, I would take, I don't know how it goes. I would take an ounce of consistency over a pound of intensity any day hmm. of the week. You know, if you want to, if you want to develop a habit around, say, you know, running, going for a run, I would rather you do a five minute run seven days a week or six days a week than do a 20 minute run three days a week. That consistency and willingness to show up day after day after day after day, whether it's a meditation habit, it's a running habit, it's a it's a eating habit. You know, I'd rather you, instead of emptying your house for, with all out of, with all the food that, you know, might be bad for you, I'd rather you focus on what's, what's the biggest thing that you have the most trouble with? Is it soda? Let's start, let's just eliminate the soda. Yeah. And let's do yeah. it every day. Let's recommit to it every day and not, and not make it so that it's so big that it's easy to quit, you know, cause that's where people, they they'll they can do it for six weeks. They can do a boot camp, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Um, but then what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is why the New Year's resolution thing never <laughs> really goes so well. Doesn't ever. Work I had um, I was in this sales company at a young age, and this is where I got involved in a lot of the personal development stuff. And we had like a local mentor basically, and he was talking to twenty five of us. And you know, what? admittedly, so many years ago, I'm sure I have the notebook somewhere. I can't remember a dang thing the guy said, but I do remember him saying anything permitted has a tendency to increase. And so when you do something, even just to add on here, when you just focus on the soda, going back to that example, and you remove that, anything permitted has a tendency to increase. So all of a sudden you do this, you're like, oh crap, maybe I'll go for a walk today too. You know, like I'm already feeling kind of good about myself right. and this just snowballs. Um, so it's really just starting out with kind of simple or small stuff. And then you want to do more. And you see this all the time, especially probably in your world, people that start an exercise regimen and maybe they're coming in eating crap because they're more uh, motivated by the exercise aspect. How many times do you see these people change their diet around in the first month of exercising? Because it's like, all right, well, I'm already doing this three, five times a week. Might as well make this a little more worth it. And right. yes, they might not be the pillar of health, but it's certainly better than where they were at because again, a beating a dead horse here, but like anything permitted has a tendency to increase. And unfortunately, folks, this is also true for the bad. So we got to be very careful with uh, what we're doing and permitting. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's a good point. Uh, you know, what I always used to tell people, it's funny, um, that my job a lot of times was to hold them back from taking on too much too fast. <laughs> you know, like I, I just had a, a conversation with a client yesterday and I said, we're working on his morning routine and working on building a, a better morning routine. That's more, he needs to slow down. He, he wants to have more awareness and more control over his ability to react and choose a response rather than to react. 
And so one of the ways we're addressing that is through, uh, th- I mean, through conversation, through awareness, but also through a willingness to kind of slow down his energy because he's in a business that's just go, 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 go. So we're incorporating some meditation. And so I said, look, for we're going to shoot for seven days this week. And you're going to set your timer for two minutes for meditation. You are not allowed to go more than two minutes. And he's like, yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. And I said, wait a second. Let's go back to what I just said. Did you hear what I said? You're not allowed to go more than two minutes in meditation. Because I know you. And I know that when you hear Andy say, do two minutes, you think to yourself, yeah, Andy said two minutes, but I'm, I'll be better if I do four minutes. I'll be even better if I do 10 minutes. And 10 minutes isn't that long. So I think I'm going to do 10 minutes. And here's the problem is because he's also going to write after he meditates. And I said, okay, no more than five minutes of writing, two minutes of meditation, five minutes of writing. Um, is you're like, well, that's just such a short time. You know, I think I'll do 10 minutes of meditation and, and 15 minutes of writing. When you're, when you're motivated and you first take something on, it sounds totally doable. I mean, that doesn't yeah. sound unreasonable. I mean, who doesn't have 25 minutes to, you know, I mean, obviously you don't just have 25 minutes, but you can get up 25 minutes earlier to do, put this in your morning routine. It's not crazy. It's seemingly easy on paper. I think it's is what, yeah. easy, right? Right. But what, what happens invariably is you get to a point where it doesn't feel easy anymore. The alarm clock goes off. It's 30 minutes before your normal time. You start your subconscious mind starts thinking, I don't really have to get up. Like I probably be, you know, my health is important. I should get another 30 minutes of sleep. Like that's way more important. Okay. I'm just going to give myself a pass today. And you start giving yourself a pass for these things. And that becomes then an easy outlet for you when things become too difficult. So you're much better off starting really small and, and limiting yourself and allowing it to become you know, that's the other thing I think people do very often that doesn't work is they focus too much on the actions before they focus on who they're being. And like, I could give you a list of 10 things that you're supposed to do to be a more better human being, right? Just add these things to your daily routine and you'll be healed or whatever the thing is. Yeah. The problem is you're you haven't shifted your inner sense of who you are and who you're being. You're, you're still the type A, highly driven workaholic who, you know, wants to win at all costs. And now you, you've added an operating system of, you know, peace, love, and acceptance and these 10 things that you can do for people. But you've added it on top of an operating system. It's like putting a, it's like trying to run Microsoft Word on top of a, well, I'm dating myself. Word didn't used to work on a Mac. Um, okay. <laughs> it was from DOS. It was an MS DOS program, you know, Windows program. Um, but it's like trying to run, uh, you know, a, a, it's trying to run a Windows on a Mac. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Or trying, to, or trying to do video editing with Microsoft Word. Like it doesn't work because your software hasn't shifted. So there's a, there's a longer... Like when I hold people back, it's not because I don't want them to succeed. It's because I know 
that the deeper inner work has to occur in order for it for the for the the other stuff to stick and right. and for it to really stick when you're not excited when it's cold in the morning and you don't really want to get up when you don't feel like going for a run you'd much rather cozy up in bed and get another hour of sleep like the person who's being the person that's committed to their to this to operating in a, in a way that is supportive of their ongoing health and well-being it doesn't even occur to them to not get up like right. the alarm clock goes off and they're they're out of bed or maybe they snooze once but they're out of bed you know and it doesn't the the, the thought that i shouldn't do this it doesn't even cross their plate because of course they are, because that's who they're being as opposed to a thing that they're doing. I hope that people uh, really are listening because we have a high achiever here and guys, people that are high achieving are abnormal. And he's talking about some stuff that would not necessarily be considered the standard self-help type of thing. And what's very validating and interesting is I happen to have a friend. We look ridiculous standing next to each other, but he was PA's strongest man, Pennsylvania's strongest man twice. And wow. he won nationals one time. Wow. And I interviewed him for something separate. But And I'm sure you're familiar with this book. He was talking about Atomic Habits. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he was saying when he takes coaching clients, some people like they just you know, they're attracted to him, not in like a weird way, but just because he's this huge, aesthetically pleasing guy. Like everyone wants to be lifting like him. And so they'll start, but maybe they have nothing or they're starting at a really low place. He said, there's a certain client that he actually had them, their goal, their thing was to drive to the gym, walk in the door, go to the bathroom and walk out. And leave. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I it's so that. ridiculous, you know, and again, coming back to that thing of just like what we permit will increase. Now that's so extreme that yes, the person ended up doing like a little bit of stuff, but they're like, well, shit, I just already drove to the gym. Like, what am I doing here? You know, like I, I, I used to say something very funny, like just show up was my little tagline that I put <laughs> on my emails, like Andy Petronic, CrossFit coach, just yeah. show up. And I would tell people, I said, look, if you're having a rough day, and you feel exhausted and wiped out and you come into the gym and you're wiped out, don't skip the gym and go home. Come to the gym, lay down on the floor, make a little nest for yourself with your gym bag and take a nap. Just get to the gym. I don't yep. care what you got to Just show up and then go home. It's fine. Go home. Don't, don't <laughs> stretch. Don't mobilize. Just the road to the gym needs to be ingrained, like it needs to be a groove in your life that you don't, no matter what happens, you don't miss. I love, mm -hmm. so I love that. That's great. Right. And yeah, again, I'll, the last thing I'll say about it, guys, is just remember, unconventional results are probably being, um, you know, they come after unconventional action. So if a guy like this is saying this and someone who has won nationals in America for the strongest man in his weight class is saying that a great place to start for some people could be as simple as showing up to the gym, going to the bathroom and leaving. Maybe you should listen, you know, because that's what happened to me at 18. My results sucked. I start reading these, like whatever you want to call them, self-help books, personal yeah. development. People can think they're as cheesy as they want. They saved my life. Um, and I just, thankfully I was in such a bad place that I had the humility to just be like, okay, well, these people must know more than me, but we get these people, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, and obviously, like we can tell, like you people like you and I, the results don't match up to any, like we know it's not good, but now there's like this arrogance because then they have to admit that, wow, maybe I have responsibility in this part of my life. You know, yeah, I like, mean, that's one of the first things I tell my clients is you got to get very comfortable. If you're going to work with me, you've got to get very comfortable at a will being willing to tell the truth. 
Don't, <laughs> yes. don't, you can't pull the wool over my eyes and you're not allowed to continue to pull the wool over your eyes because most people, you know, oh, my life is great. On the outside, their life looks great. They're driving a nice car. They're driving a Porsche. They're coming home to their family. They've got a 3000 foot square foot house. They've got two dogs and a, and uh, two kids and they're both in private school and things look great. And they come home at night. They don't say hello to anyone. They kick their shoes off. They wait for their wife to put uh, their food on the table, barely connect with anyone because they got too many things going on in their life. And they either go right back immediately back to work or they go into the den and put on Netflix and start binge watching their, yeah. their shows. And they're convincing their, themselves that, oh, my life is good. What do you, what's, what's there to complain about? I'm, I'm providing for my family. I'm making enough money. But see, the, 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 you start running into, I think when you get a little bit older and you've done that and you've, you've hit the financial markers in your life and you've hit the, the things that are supposed to make your life feel like you've arrived and you still feel an emptiness inside and you've got to get really connected to the emptiness. You've got to get really connected to the, to the suffering you're, you're, you're surviving. You're making it so that it's survivable, but you're using some form of sedation to do it. Whether that's sedation by work, sedation by email, sedation by social media, sedation by Netflix, sedation by, uh, literally sedation with wine or yeah. with, 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 uh, drugs, um, you know, and you're doing it because it's, it's at first it's no harm. You're not, you're not doing it intentionally to hurt anyone, but you, and you don't realize that that's the only way you're making it through. That's the way, and you're not addressing the things that are really dr getting you there. And so yeah. you got to get really honest, look yourself in the mirror and go, fuck, this is not the life that I want. This is not the relationship that I want. And doesn't mean you have to leave. Doesn't mean you have to go anywhere. Doesn't mean you have to change. It means something in you needs to shift. Wow. Well said. Uh, okay. Well, we clearly had no problem talking. Um, we got about you know five minutes left in the show. Andy, I want to know, um, obviously, where people can find you. But I always like to word it this way so people really understand how would you describe your ideal client first? Like what do they need to be bringing to the table? Who do you love? Like, all right, yeah. I'm ready to help this yeah. person. They've, they've woken up. They've had an experience of waking up to something's not right here. Something is, something is missing. I, I don't feel like I've been doing the same thing. I'm like, like my, my life has been successful. And yet, why do I feel so hollow? Why do I feel so not enough, not good enough? Why do I feel like I have to keep, spinning all the plates in order to keep my life operating the way it does. And I'm stressed and I'm worried and I'm, af I'm afraid of what might happen if I drop one. Um, they, they're, they're having an experience of, of something's not right or they're not satisfied with where they are. And they, and they, they, they don't, they don't, they think they're looking at their life and going, I've been able to get where I am, but I, I really don't know how to get to the next place. And I want to just take it to the next level because I don't just work with people who have things that are fucked up in their life or, or wrong. I work with people who want to be, you know, super high performers and they want to get to the next place. But, you know, coaching comes from the world of, of athletics and, and um, acting. And, you know, when an athlete gets a coach, most of the time it's because they can't see what they're doing because they're doing it. They, they need someone, they need another set of eyes. They need another set of ears. They need another to look at what they're doing so that they can actually 
see themselves better and make changes. So um, those are the people, and and look, it could be with a relationship, it could be with a body, it could be with a career, it could be, I mean, I've worked with men and women. Most of my clients are in their mid-30s to older. You know, that's okay. typically where I'm working with people. But, um, you know, I have worked with some high-performing people in their 20s who just want to operate at a higher level in their life. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So I think that's going to, this is why I'm so glad, so glad we did this interview today because I know many of the people that are listening they are going to relate to this. We we get like 50, 50 clients at FDN Thrive. Like some, listen, man, they've been so sick their whole lives. They're willing to do whatever. They're like, tell me I got to eat carrot sticks forever and I'll do it. And that's just how they are. This other 50%, and there's nothing wrong with you guys, just so you know, because I've been there myself, but we are in the worst place because we are very sick. We know we need change and we're just all messed up mentally. We don't have those mental skills yet or uh, the personal development skills to match where we need to go and the things we need to do. Well, and I think a- that's where- there's a suffering that it occurs that people don't consider part of health that is an againstness. When you're against whatever it is going on in your life and you don't accept your life for the way it is, you're creating a level of resistance inside of you that is preventing you from actually healing. And it's nothing to do with what you're eating. It does have nothing to do with your sleep. It has nothing to do with your doctor visits or your pills you're taking or anything else. It's, yeah. it's the emotional, mental component, spiritual component that people leave out of the equation of, of real full health. Right on. Where can people find you, my friend? Um, I'm, I'm Andy Petronic everywhere. At Andy Petronic, Instagram, at Andy Petronic, Facebook. Um, my website is, and, is andypetronic.com. So uh, it's very, it's uncreative, but it's easy to find me. Okay. So our normal question, and guys, I'll, of course, I'll have that in the show notes. We've got about a minute left, a little over a minute. You're, take the time that you need for this answer. We usually finish by asking people if they could get everyone in this world to change one thing for their health, whether that was get them to do one thing or not do one thing, what they would, what the, would they do? So how about this? If Andy could get every single person in this world to do one thing for themselves, to become their best version of themselves or mm-hmm. stop doing one thing, what's that one thing you'd get them to do? You know, I I think what I would say is to love themselves, to accept where they are, to treat themselves with kindness and compassion, just like they would a three-year-old kid, you know, like have the same level of love, acceptance, and compassion for themselves, no matter what they're struggling with, no matter where they are, um, because that's the foundation of real of real change. That's also the foundation of true health. Um, so there's no, there might be pain, but there's no suffering. The suffering comes from the lack of self-acceptance and the judgment of yourself. So letting go of that judgment. Andy, thank you so much for uh, today, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as me. That was a nice little change of pace, right? And what an awesome guy. So I don't know if anyone out there is going to need this person's services, maybe in addition to the stuff that you're doing health-wise, but I gotta be honest, I kind of got sold for different reasons on this. I think I might work with this guy in the future. (laughs) I liked his vibe a lot. Anyway, if you like this content in general and you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, we would love you even more than we already do. Just head over to Apple Podcasts and type in the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. Click that five-star button. And if you want to leave a few kind words, well, we might just shout you out on the show. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, and next time we will be back with yet another health interview. Take care until then. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.